0: Check it out. We're starting a series tonight. You guys are getting a little note-taking tool right now that we're going to start giving you. We did all summer. Um, If this is your first time here, my name is Scott. Some of you guys know me. Um, Just update on the family. We have a baby now, two of them. Um, Avery is in the back. Uh, Bryce isn't here because he would just be like climbing on the walls. Uh, But Avery's in the back. If you want to see her later, um, stop by. see Candice. Avery's just chilling. She doesn't do much right now. Uh, she kind of just sits. But uh anyway, so tonight we'll jump in this new series called Perspective. And uh man we are excited. The uh we're gonna we have like kind of a um a statement and, and you guys should have those notes If not, you're getting them right now. But we have a statement that we are going to use for the next four weeks in the series, and we really believe it's true as we look at perspective and how we see things. If you kind of paid attention to that video, kind of gave you some hints there. But here's the series statement. We're we're starting right right away. Taking notes. All right. Here's the first thing you got to know about this series: is we believe that the way we view things changes the way we do things. the way I view something changes the way I act towards that something, and so that is that's just like the banner statement over this whole series. We're going to talk about that for four weeks. Perspective, uh, and to illustrate that, I'm going to talk a little bit about a story of uh, of me living this. Okay, there, my whole life up until a couple of years ago, I hated this nasty substance called cheese. Okay, like everything but pizza was, like, gross, okay, and specifically, I hated what's going to be on the screen here in a minute, this Nat cream cheese, okay, I don't know if you have cream cheese fans in the house, but, <laughs> represent, I mean, look at that, I, I tried to find the grossest picture, but that, I mean, I literally would, like, kind of do that throw up in the mouth thing when I, whenever I saw cream cheese, because it's, like, this, you know, what is it? I mean, how do you cream cheese is what I used to think. Okay. So you got to understand that I absolutely hated cream cheese. Like people were like, yeah, you know, you, you do the cream cheese, you pour salsa all over and you dip your chips in it. And I'm like, what's wrong with you people? Like, just take the salsa and do the thing by yourself. No, like the nasty cream cheese. Um, so you got to know that that's the first thing. Yeah. I hated cream cheese with all my heart. Um, but I also loved another delectable dessert that maybe you guys enjoy. Uh, Called Cheesecake. But I never understood that. I was always like, this is perfect goodness with the, you know, with the strawberry and like the drizzle. And I mean like the way cream, uh, cream cheese factory, no. Uh, Cheesecake factory does it is they put like double the whipped cream. So it's just like, ah, it's so good. And then I was like, well, why is it called cheesecake? Like why associate nastiness with beautifulness? Okay. Um, And one day Candace and I were dating and I'm at her house and I'm eating cheesecake and I'm loving. I'm just like in my own little world. And uh, and I'm like, why is it called cheesecake anyway? And she's like. It's made of cream cheese. Kind of step back. Listen, girl, you're treading water now. Don't be messing with my cheesecake by saying it has anything to do with that nastiness. She goes, wait, are you serious? I'm not not the sharpest tool in the shed, I guess. Because I was like, of course. I mean, how can cream cheese, nasty cream cheese, have anything to do with cheesecake? And then I looked it up, and I'm like, I'm looking at the cheesecake like, I don't know if we can be friends anymore. And it's true. And then I made one because I really, I had to figure it out. I made a homemade cheesecake, by the way. That's my badge of honor in the kitchen. Okay, I, I don't do much uh, like mac and cheese and toast. And then uh, I made a cheesecake one time. But uh, it's really made of cream cheese. So now, man, I'm a believer. I totally, the way I viewed cream cheese changed the way I acted because then I said, okay, cheesecake's made of cream cheese. So now, man, cream cheese must be it. So like someone would say, would you like cream cheese on your bagel? And at first you put a little like dabble on there and you got to go. Kind of nibble it. And it's like, that's actually legit. And so now if I go to Einstein Bagel, sir, would you like cream cheese? Listen, girl, I would like a bagel with my cream cheese. Like I want more cream cheese than the bagel. And then I'll just like stack it on top and make like a double-double like bagel. <laughs> And now I do this thing, and if you've never heard of this, I'm going to change your life, okay? Take some jalapenos, cut them in half, get all the nasties out, stuff them. I mean, stuff them with cream cheese, wrap them in bacon. Okay, this is like love. Stick a toothpick in it and put that sucker on the barbecue, change your life. I'm just saying. But now I I eat it, and I love when the cream cheese like oozes out. I'm like, yeah, that's my cream cheese, baby. And now I'm like the guy, the ringleader of the cream cheese salsa game, okay? Cream cheese salsa, give me a chip. I'm in that, Okay. I don't know where you are, okay, I don't know where you land on the cream cheese thing, but um, the way I viewed cream cheese, I didn't even know what I was talking about, but it changed the way I, meant. if you said cheese in a sentence and you never had cream before, I said, I hate that, don't even, don't even go there. But then I, I bit into a cheesecake knowing that it was cream cheese, and it changed the way I saw it, it changed my perspective on it. And so that's what we're doing in this series. For the next four weeks, we are looking at a few different areas of our life that you, as sixth through twelfth graders, are enamored with, you guys are in these these topics, and we're saying, okay, what do we what do we think about these things? What do we what do you, how do you view this and how do you view that? And then what we're going to do is because we always do this at refuge is we're going to look at the Bible, and we're going to say, okay, how what does the Bible say about this stuff? I mean, what does the Bible say about these different areas? And does our perspective need to change because the way we view things changes the way we do things? And so tonight. Um, We are opening it up with, like, the top priority one. Um, We're talking tonight about our view of God, okay? And even when I say that, I want you to really be personal tonight, okay? I'm not going to ask you to share, but I really want you to kind of internalize everything we're talking about tonight. Uh, When I said that, what did you think of? I mean, we all think of something, and we're going to talk about that a little later, but, you know, a lot of you guys know my story, but if not, I never walked into a church before I was 16, and finally, when I was 16, my buddy invited me to church, and if somebody up here on a platform-type sermon thing would have said, what do you think about God, I, I didn't really know. I was just kind of like, yeah, God is that thing people talk about, and, and it's kind of out there, and it's hard to kind of wrap your head around, but what do you think about God? Wherever you're at right now, what is your view of God? And tonight, we're going to look at some different views of God, and we're going to look at the Bible. And hopefully, when you walk out tonight, you'll have a, a right perspective of who God is. And hopefully, the way you view God will change the way you live your life, because that's a big deal. And so tonight, I want to start with a, uh, with a quote. Are there any Facebook quoters in here? Like, you guys love to pick really cool quotes and put it on Facebook, or am I just the only, like, weirdo? Okay, thank you. I was like, okay, wow. Put myself out there, there. We like quotes, right? Because, like, cool quotes, but we're like, whoa, that's deep, man. <laughs> this is a deep one, okay? I mean, this isn't in your notes, but this is a write, writer down, okay? Um, there's a guy named A.W. Tozer, okay? Oh, yeah, represent for that guy. Um, A.W. Tozer, though, you know you're smart when they they, they take your, your first name and your middle name and make it a, a, a initials, right? C.S. Lewis, smart guy. But, like, his name is, like, Clive Staples, okay? But they... A, that's weird sounding, so C-S sounds way cooler. But A.W. Tozer, for me, I want you guys to start calling me S.E. Worthington. That would be very, (laughs) no, you have to like reach a certain level to get there, I guess. Uh, But if you guys want to call me that from now on. um, Yeah, I know, I'm just Scott, yeah. Uh, So anyways, A.W. Tozer, he did what we're doing tonight. He said, man, what is my view of God? And he started studying God. He's a great godly man that we now look to for a lot of wisdom. A lot of Christians look to this guy. This guy's passed away now, man. A.W. Tozer, he really brought a lot to the table as far as his relationship with Jesus. And he shared it in all these books. Um, but he wrote a book where he just talks about who God is. And it's called Knowledge of the Holy. Okay? And A.W. Tozer starts this book, Knowledge of the Holy, with these words. And this is the quote. It's going to be on the screen. This is where we're kind of landing tonight. As he says this, he says... What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Say, wait, I'm in middle school. Redo that. Okay. Um, It's cool. I I didn't understand it when I first started out What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Here's what A.W. Tozer is saying. If, if how we view things changes the way we do things, man, when I said God earlier, you thought of something. And the truth is tonight, and maybe you haven't bought into this, but we hope you do, and, and, and I was there where you were at, you know, eight years ago, but the truth tonight is that God is the center of the universe. And there's a million things going on in my body right now to make me even speak the words that I'm speaking, and a million things going on in your body to make you hear the words that I'm speaking, and we would say that God is behind, that. He's, the, he's behind the control board. And so he's like a top priority list of like the universe because he runs it. And so A.W. Tozer said, man, if that's true, what comes into your head when you think about God is the most important thing about you because God's the most important thing ever. Hopefully that makes sense. If not, just think about it for a little bit. What comes into your mind right now when I say God, whatever you think of, and that's the most important thing about you. So tonight I want to look at some different views of God. And here's the deal tonight. I think I'm going to hit everybody tonight with what you think of God, or at least you have in the past. Because I know I, I, I'm not crazy, okay? Because every one of these things, at one time or another, I've thought about God. There's different ways of viewing God. There's different perspectives. So here's the first one. Um, and some of these are going to be on the screen, some of them aren't. Uh, the first one is some people view God as a faceless God. Some people view God as kind of a God who's out there. um, And he's, like I was saying earlier, that you can't really put a face to him. He's distant. He's far. That's how we view God. Some of you guys might view God that way. The man God's kind of, yeah, he's kind of, ooh, God. You can't really put your head around him. You can't really ever interact with him. And some people view God that way. Some people view God like an iPod. He's the iPod God. Where, man, I want a miracle. Something, something really bad's going on in my life, and I need something. God, where are you at? A miracle. I need miracle time, God. Here we go. And some people view God like an iPod. Hey, whenever it gets too, like, you're kind of invading my space, I'm going to push pause and change the playlist because uh, I'm not really into this. I just want you to play when I want you to play and kind of get away when I want you to get away. This is a good one. This will be on the screen. I definitely thought this. Um, we look at God as a grandpa God, right? There's God. He kind of does one of these like, um. and he's up there, he's got the big white beard and you know, maybe he, he's got this huge flowing robe and we think God is kind of gentle and you have to, you have to like walk up and talk like this. Hey, hey, God. Hey, hey, Grandpa God. And maybe you would never, you would never paint a picture. Most of us would paint a picture of Jesus and we think God. But if we think about God, we look at that and we say, yeah, I've thought that. And maybe I'm just crazy. I, when, I was, when I was 16, when people said, God, I thought the big white beard. This is a good one. Uh, some people view God like a scorekeeper. That man, God has his little pad, you know, his little, his little tablet, his little pad, and he walks around, he kind of follows you around, and he goes, oh, you were running through the mall, and you knocked that girl over. Little minus thing. Like, walking, oh, you picked up that lady's cane. That was nice. I'll, I'll do a little plus for that one. And then, oh, no, that person didn't like your shoes, so you kicked them in the face. Uh, I'm going to negative you for that. Or your little brother wanted to play Xbox, so you punted him across the room. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to negative you for that. And we really think, we would never say that, but it, that's what I'm saying. Tonight is just kind of like personal. You don't have to tell anybody what you're thinking. But some of us view God like he's just kind of following you around going, ah, that was bad, Scott. That was bad. That was, that was good, but that was bad. This is a good one. And this is kind of how the world paints God as this big doomsday God. So he's just in heaven, and he's mean, he's got his arms crossed, and he's just waiting to throw fire at the next person who crosses him, right? He's just, uh, he sits on a cloud. I don't know how that's possible. He's God, I guess. So he sits on a cloud, and he just throws stuff down, and he doesn't like how things are going, so he says, No, yes, I'll bless you, but curse you. And God is just kind of this mean, grumpy guy. Some of you guys, maybe you're in the room, or maybe you just have friends. Man, when you think of God, you think of, man, there, there is no God. I don't, I don't believe in God. How could God exist? Maybe that's you or maybe that's one of your friends. But there's no God. So their view of God is there is no God. Another one is the, uh, the stained glass God. I, a lot of people may have been to a church where there's all these pictures of religious people on, on stained glass. And we feel like, man, to go into God's presence, you might have to like do all these things and, and have like these altars and say, Oh, God, Holy Father, I am coming into thy presence to meet with thee. And you're like, what did I just say? I don't even know. But I want to meet with God. And if we're honest, we think, man, we've got to pray a certain way because otherwise religious God won't hear me. And the last one I want to talk about is is where I found myself most. Because I thought, I'm going to talk about this before. I thought I was really cool back in the day. Like I was a skateboarder, band guy, uh, dirt bike rider. I thought I was the coolest guy there was. I really wasn't. But I thought, man, Jesus is my homeboy, right? How many people have seen that picture? That's not as big as it was. But there was a phase, man, where everybody, the celebrities were wearing that. But that was me. Man, I wasn't a Christian at all. But I had a Jesus is my homeboy shirt. And, man, I was going into that party, and I'm like, yeah, Jesus is my homeboy. Or I'm, I, I'm hanging out in that circle where I know I probably shouldn't have been, but, yeah, Jesus is my homeboy. And we just kind of view God as this, this homeboy. And so tonight what we want to do is we want to look at the Bible and say, man, what if all those views of God are the cream cheese we were talking about earlier. Man, we look at God and we see all those things. Some of you look at God and you see two, three, four of those things. And just like I looked at cream cheese and said, nasty, don't want anything to do with them, we look at stained glass God and iPod God and scorekeeper God and doomsday God and we say, man, I, I don't want anything to do with them. And tonight, the point of tonight is let's bust out the cheesecake and let's see God is really good and awesome. And the Bible paints a picture that maybe you didn't know about. And if you did, maybe you haven't thought about it. And let's bust out the cheesecake, take a bite and say God is good because that's the deal tonight, right? I'm going to lay the cards out. God is really good and he loves you. No matter what you're in, no matter what you've, where you've been, what you've done, God loves you. And so the Bible tonight is going to speak to that. So if you have, if you have a Bible... Open it up to Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4 is where we're going to be. And here's the deal. If you don't have a Bible, if you, don't, if you don't have a Bible now, but you have a Bible at home, bring it. If you don't have a Bible at all, come see me after refuge, and I will give you one for free. Okay? I won't charge you anything. Just give me, or just tell me I don't have a Bible, and boom, I'm going to give you a Bible. Because we want students to have the Bible. We want students to be in God's Word because we believe it will change your life. It changed my life, it changed the, pe- the leaders in this room, it changed their life. And so tonight we're going to be in Galatians chapter 4. It's going to be on the screen if you don't have a Bible, but we're going to start in verse 4. Galatians 4 verse 4, here's what it says. This is the right view of God we're going to look at. It says in verse 4, When the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law, God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now you are no longer slave, no longer slave of God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. Galatians chapter four, verse four through seven. This is what this says. Man, God is very different. Then the doomsday God, and the homeboy God, and the no God. The Bible paints a very different picture. It gives us a very different perspective. And so what I want to do is I want to look at three different characteristics of God. Here's the deal tonight. I'm not saying we're going we're gonna to tidy God up in a little box and put a bow on it and say this is God. That's impossible. Thank God I can't figure God out because that really wouldn't be a very big God. And so tonight, we're just going to look at three characteristics, and the Bible is full of a whole bunch of awesome characteristics of God. We're going to look at three characteristics of this great God, and hopefully, it'll change our perspective. The way we view God will change, and the way we do things will change because of that. So here's the first one. You can write this down. It's in your notes. The right view of God is that God first is a loving father. Father. God's a loving father. In verse four, there in Galatians said, when the right time came, God the father sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law. And we talk about it here all the time. And if this is your first time, come back. I promise we'll keep talking about it. You and I were born without a relationship with God. We were born sinners who needed Jesus. And God the father is a loving father who loved you so much that he sent his son to die so that you and I can have a relationship with him. I love, it says later in the, in the verse um, that God has sent his spirit into our hearts to say, Abba, Father. Okay, I love that. Because here's what that means if you trace it back. That literally means daddy. And you're like, I'm not going to call God daddy. That's cool. That's kind of weird for me too. But I love the picture it paints. That God is not doomsday God, stained glass God, unapproachable, weird, out there God. That the Bible says God has come to you and to me right now in refuge, September 11, 2011, to say, look, I want you to to, to approach me like your daddy, like Abba Father. And honestly, until August 6, 2009... I didn't really understand that verse fully. And then October 6, 2009, I held little B-dub for the first time. And here's what, I, here's, here's what I've seen over the last almost two years now. I've seen this little boy who now, we just bought him shoes that look just like my shoes. And this little boy is like growing up to be a, me. And it's kind of freaky. And so here's the deal. On Mondays and Saturdays, Bryce wakes up before us. Me and Candace sleep in. Monday's my day off. Saturday's. Saturday, so we sleep in, we got one of those little baby monitor things, right, and every Monday and Saturday, here's what I wake up to, Bryce, awake as can be, standing in his crib, and he goes like this, da, swear, da, ma, (laughs) da, and one time we just sat there, and we're like, this kid's serious, ma, da, ma. And it's like, okay, finally, it's like, I love that child. Shut up! <laughs> and so we walk in the room, and he, I hear him in the monitor, Ma! Dad! And I'm approaching his door, I just hear, he's just sitting there. I'm waiting. Ma! Dad! And you open the door, and he's like, Gah! <laughs> You've arrived! I've been calling out for you! You're here! Daddy! That's dad, for Bryce. Da, that's daddy. Ma, that's Mommy. Hey, I woke up, and I'm calling out to you, Ma, Dad, because here's the deal. That's the first thing I want to see. It's the first thing I want to experience is my mom and dad coming in the room, picking me up, doing that diaper change thing, and I'm going to go watch some VeggieTales. That's my life. But the first thing he does is he goes, Mom, Dad, Dad. Dad, and here's the picture that this paints in Galatians chapter 4, is that God loves you and wants a relationship with you. That, that would be your cry. as a man, every morning you'd wake up and your first thing wouldn't be, I can't wait to get dressed and, and I can't wait to, to, to go to school and to talk to that boy and talk to that girl. I can't wait to be involved in me. Our first thing, God said, man, my desire for you is that you would cry out, Dad. And just like Bryce relentlessly calls that out, God is saying, man, call it out until I come. I want to meet with you. Man, Bryce's face lights up when I walk in the room and he's saying, dad, dad, dad. And he sees me and he goes, dad, you're here. Maybe nobody's ever told you that that's God's view of you. Abba, father, daddy. Here's the deal tonight I'm not crazy. You guys. All across the room, there's there's different pictures of dads in this this room. Some of you guys have a great relationship with your dad. Some of you guys don't. Some of you guys may not even know your dad. So tonight, the very first characteristic we want to tackle and look at and and dwell on is that God is a loving father. And he loves you right where you're at. Good, bad, good, wrong, right. It doesn't matter. God loves you second way we view God tonight that, that we, need to, we need to look at. God is a perfect Savior. God is a perfect Savior. Um, one, of my, my, one of my husbandly roles is, like, if I'm driving home and Candace forgot something for dinner, she'll call me up. Hey, can you stop by Fresh and Easy or stop by Vons and grab cilantro, uh, you know, parsley. I'm just naming all these, like, green, leafy things, Uh, orange juice, we're a juice family, we love to eat, or eat, we love to eat juice, the whole bottle, Um, (laughs) we love to drink juice, and so one day, uh, Candace said, hey, can you go get some juice? Yeah, sure, so I do, I'm just doing my thing, I'm like, okay, going to eat the juice, juice aisle, and I turn the corner, and I'm like, okay, let me grab the juice, I turn the corner, and I'm just like, oh, God, mango, pineapple, no pulp. Mango, pineapple, some pulp. Mango, pineapple, extra, extra thousand pulp. And then every other variation of orange juice you could possibly get. And I'm just sitting back, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be a problem. I'm not going to get the right juice. It's just not going to happen. There's no way. Because I, I, I pour the juice, like, every day, but I never look at it. I don't know what juice we get. So I'm like, okay, um, I, I like, man- I like uh, what, is the one I, what is the one I got? Uh, pineapple... Orange juice, I think it was. And so I, I'm praying, okay, there's a lot of juices here, and I hope I get the right one. In to, and, and today's culture, you as teenagers are in a world where, man, you have friends that are Mormon. You have friends that are, are the no-God people. They don't care. They don't, they're just like whatever. You have friends that are Catholic. You have friends that are Muslim. You have friends that are Jehovah's Witness. You have friends that are all over the map. And, and really, as a 16-year-old guy, I thought the same thing. When, man, there's, all, there's this huge display of faiths. There's this huge display of religion. Dude, how do you know you're going to get the right one? Like the juice? Now, how do I know I'm going to pick what's right? the reason we look at God tonight as a perfect savior is because in the Bible that we can trust, Jesus doesn't wait for you to come to him. Jesus goes, hey, hey, whoever you are, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Hey, you don't have to worry about what faith is right. Hey, listen, I'm telling you, my name is Jesus, and I'm opening the door for you. And whoever you are, 6th through 12th grade, you can enter because i made a way for you. You no longer have to ask the question, which one's right? The perfect Savior that we have in God says, man, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and I love you, and I want a relationship with you. I'm going to have the band come up as we look at the third one. It's going to be short. The third one is that God is our encourager. We don't talk about this enough. I was convicted, by the way. We're going to start talking about it a lot. Because there's this huge, awesome doctrine, which is a big word that means what we believe as Christians, that says this. If you would say you are a Jesus follower tonight, if you would say you're a Christian, did you know that God actually lives inside of you? Like the Holy Spirit of God says, I'm taking residence up in your life. I'm going to come live inside of you. And I'm going to walk where you walk because I'm in you. And I'm going to be in that mess that you're in because I'm in you. And I'm going to help you through that. And I'm going to encourage you in that because I love you so much. And I'm God and I'm in you. As believers, man, we trust the Bible that says God comes to live inside of us. So, man, what do we do with all this? Maybe tonight you're like, that's great. Maybe maybe tonight you're like, "Kid, God isn't the doomsday God. Maybe God is my loving father and my perfect savior and my encourager. What do I do with that? Here's what you can do with that tomorrow morning. You can wake up just like Bryce wakes up and says, dad, before school tomorrow morning, you can wake up before you even step foot on the ground from your bed, you could say, Dad, thank you that you love me. And I'm going to walk in the fact that I am loved by a perfect father. And God, I'm going to rest in the fact that you are a loving Savior who died for me. Even though I don't deserve it, you died for me. And God, thank you that as a believer in Christ, I don't walk into the halls of Del Webb or Coronado or Las Vegas Academy. I don't don't walk into these places alone, but you encourage me because you're in me. And when I speak, God, would it be your words? And as I talk to my lost friends, would it be you? Tonight, if you're not there, maybe you think one of those, those, those views of God we looked at. Or maybe you've never said, man, I want a relationship with God. God loves you. And God died to make a way so that you could be in a relationship with him. Here's the deal. When I was 16 and somebody told me that, I had a lot of questions. Something really cool about God is that he can can handle your questions. God is bigger than your doubt. So wherever you're at tonight in that, Maybe you just have some questions. Maybe you say, man, I understand God and I want to re- have a relationship with this God." Man, come see me in the back of the room. Nobody's gonna make fun of you. Matter of fact, people are gonna be excited that you are stepping into this great relationship because you were created for that. God is a loving father, a perfect savior and our encourager tonight. Don't miss that. As we sing this song, don't miss that. If you never accepted that, if you never you know, had a bite of that cheesecake, man, God... Taste and see that the Lord is good, man. Bite into that tonight. Come see us. If you have questions, come see us. Let's pray. Jesus, you are awesome. You are more than our homeboy. You are more than a religious figure. God, you are our loving father, our perfect savior. God, you desire to dwell in us and encourage us and walk with us. So we say thank you. God, we sing this next song to you with all our heart, that you are God and you are good. Jesus, thank you for tonight. We pray for the students right now that got questions. We pray for the students right now that are on the edge and know, and they got that beating in their heart that says that I need a relationship with Jesus. God, I pray that that person would get out of their seat and come see us. God, you are worth it tonight, and we love you. It's in Jesus' name. Why don't you guys stand up? Let's sing to God tonight with our whole heart.